Hey friend, and welcome to Presence and Purpose. I want you to be seen and heard by the people who need your message and services most, but I know it seems easier said than done because there's a lot of noise online. I'm your host, Natalie Arndt. I built my business back in the beginning of 2018 and quickly learned through trial and error that being yourself isn't a cheesy cliche, but actually the key to building a strong, profitable online brand. I'm on a mission to help you find your people online, build a client-attracting brand, and grow a wildly successful business that's aligned with who you are and God's purpose for your life. It's time to stop looking around at what everyone else is doing and start fully embracing the unique calling and message that's been placed inside of you. Join me in conversations around personal branding, faith, marketing, messaging, and so much more to help you confidently show up for the people you're called to serve. All right. Well, hey, Allison, thanks so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, Natalie, I am so excited to be here today. Yes, I'm super excited to talk to you about everything that we're going to talk about today. Um, So could you start out by telling the listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. So I am a lead generation coach. I help women ditch the hustle. I help them ditch the burnout, ditch the feast or famine months, the trading dollars for hours, and step into a smart system of running your business that helps you to sell on automate so that you can actually scale your business while not working more hours. Yes. I love it. And something, and I was just telling you this before we hit record, something that I really love about you and your message and your mission is that you are so big on really helping women create a business that works for them, for their family situation, right? Like around their life instead of running their life. Um, And I would love if you could share why that's so important to you, because I know that's kind of been a common theme throughout your own journey is figuring out um, just how important that really is. Yeah. So, you know, in the very early stages of my business, I was doing what most people do. I was burning the candles at both ends. I had recently had my first and I was dealing with this like you know, crazy new role of being a mom and a good hearty dose of postpartum depression. And I kept working in the same way that I was before I had my son, after I had my son. And it was insane. I I was stressed out. I was maxed out. I had a hard time healing after his birth because of all the stress that was on my body. And it, it just was not working. It wasn't working. And I kind of like had this come to Jesus moment where I was like, what in the world am I doing? Why am I doing this? Like, this isn't why I started a business. Like I didn't start a business to have another job. I got laid off from that job. I didn't, I don't want to have that again. So why am I working? Like I have a job. Why am, why do I not approach my business from the standpoint of a CEO? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of had this like weird aha moment where I was just like, this doesn't work. And so I basically like scrapped my entire business. I actually shifted my entire business to focus on, I was doing fitness at the time, to focus on business coaching. Uh, And I just got really, really clear on this way of working does not work for me. And I would argue it doesn't work for most mom entrepreneurs. And you know, along the way, that was about 
oh, he's now seven. So that was about seven years ago. And along the way, um, you know, I've had these moments again, you know, these, these things pop up over time and I'll have these moments where I'm like, this doesn't work. Like this isn't the way I want to run my business. This program no longer works while it's extremely profitable. It no longer serves me and I could do better things in a different way of working. So it's a continual like tweak and adjustments, but the number one thing I always look at whenever I'm making a decision as to like launching a new program or scaling a program is does this idea, does this goal, is this thing that I'm working on, does it make sense for where I'm going and where I want my business to go? And if it doesn't, I don't do it because you have to actually build your business for long-term success instead of short, quick wins, which are fine and great, but they're not going to be the thing that gets you to your goal. Right. Right. I love that. And what you were saying before, it's like that saying of nothing changes if nothing changes. And like, you know, we're both actually the, the way that we met was because we realized we had the same Enneagram type. We're both nine wing eight. And like, so I know you feel me in terms of like, I don't like, I like to say that I go with the flow, but I really don't like change. <laughs> so I would really much rather just like, like, this is what I'm doing and I'm just going to like stick with it. Um, so it is hard, but I love, I love that question that you said, you ask yourself, like you always bring it back to like, you know, is this working for me? Is this in alignment with, you know, the way that I want to grow my business, the way that I want to, you know, the hours that I want to work, whatever it is. Um, and I know, like speaking from personal experience, that was something that I really had to learn um, to discern in my own business was like, you know, and I, I think this is a common thing where we're like, we jump into business and just from like the way that we've grown up, like going to school, like you do, you know, you follow it to a T and you do the, so, you know, you jump into a business program and you're doing the strategies to a T and like you, you kind of have to learn to take things with a grain of salt in terms of being in programs or learning strategies and putting it through that filter, like you said, of like, it basically does this sit well with me, right? Um, do you feel like that was something that you had to really learn to like kind of discern, you know, is this working for me or not? Or was that something that you were always kind of um, able to do, like to put it through that filter? It was something I had to learn how to do. So I, you know, I've always invested in, in programs and coaching and masterminds. Like I'm huge, huge believer in them. And what I used to do was I would follow everything to a T and then I would be burnt out and I would get like meh, results. And so while those results were fine, the process of getting those results and the process of what I had to do to get those results, when I got those results, I would be so drained that I wouldn't be excited about the results. So mm -hmm. I would do all this work and all this stuff. And then I'd be like, Oh, okay, cool. So now what I do before I take any action is I consider who's delivering this information to me. What are their life situations? Mm -hmm. What do they do inside of their business? How is their business set up? Do they have more team members than I do? Do they have a nanny? Do they have a spouse? Like what do they got going on? What's going on in their life? So and because everyone's life is, is different, right? Everyone has different priorities. Everyone has different ways of, of living and doing things. So it's important that you understand that 
a coach, if they're delivering information to you, it may work really well for them. And that's awesome. And it doesn't make it invalid. You just have to make it actually work for you and for your life and keeping in consideration. Okay. This coach of mine has eight team members. I have two. It's a very different way of working and I'm in a very different place. So yeah, this is easy for them, but for me, it's probably not going to be that easy. So keeping that in mind and, and when you start to implement these new ideas or new strategies, if something feels off, it's important to note that. And it's important to be able to tell the difference between if it's outside of your comfort zone or if it's wrong for you. Those are kind of two things you have to really figure out. And there's no like tried and true strategy anyone can give you around that. It's just a matter of like a gut check and like, is this working for you? Is this something that could potentially get you that next goal? Or is it something that's going to totally stress you out and make it not worth it? Right, right. And and I can't help but think of a conversation that I was literally just having with a coach that I'm working with um, around that and just realizing like it's the case of this just really is not the direction that I want to go. Like I don't like, yes, the strategy works, but I was doing this thing and now I'm feeling like almost this obligation because you know, of course I trust my coach, right. And I'm in the program and it's like, you want to be fully in. Um, but there's definitely those moments, like you said that, you know, you've had to learn it. Um, and I've shared that, that I definitely have too. And so, um, yeah, I think that's so important just to, to be able to figure that out. Um, and like I was saying, like in the beginning of our conversation, I know something that, um, is really central to what you do is, is making sure that your business does really work around, um, around your life, not vice, vice versa. Right. Um, is there anything else that you would want to share in terms of that point of, of, um, maybe any tips or advice that you have for someone who's really wanting to do that and realizing like, Oh my gosh, like that, the thing that you said about, like, I, you know, I got fired from that job. I was not starting this business to replace that job, but here I am working all the time, acting as if it's, you know, the same kind of deal. Yeah. I think that a lot of times what happens if we're running our business from a place of not keeping our life as a priority is that we, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a lack of boundaries. Hmm. So we have, we don't understand or we don't hold those boundaries. So like, let's say you want to work from nine to 12 every day. And that's like your work schedule. And that's what you want five days a week. You have to hold yourself to that standard and nobody's going to do that for you until you start to do it. So you not only need to have boundaries around like client work and um, things like that, like those external factors, you also have to have the internal factors. So you have to have the internal uh, grit to say, if it doesn't get done in these hours, it's, it's not important to me Mm -hmm. or, or if it is important to you, you got to outsource it because it's not fitting into those work hours that I've established. You know, that's a really easy example and a really obvious example. But I think a lot of times if we're running a business that isn't keeping our life in a priority, it's usually because our boundaries are not clear and either we haven't defined them or we haven't, maybe we have defined them and we haven't acted in a way that keeps them, uh, sure and strong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that tip that you have about 
like that clear cut example, right? Of like, if this is your work time and it doesn't get done, it's either got to be outsourced. You've got to take a, you know, good hard look at like, well, what did I do in that time? Is there something that didn't really need to be done? You know, like it's, it's such a great way to be like, this is the time that I'm working. And if I can't fit the things that I need to do that are the most important things into these time blocks, then like something's got to give. And I think it's so, so easy to, to um, overstep those boundaries because, you know, when you're working from home and like, you can just open up your computer anytime and just, it's like, you know, we all do this thing where the, where we'll sit down to the computer and be like, Oh, I'll just get like a little bit of work done. Like I remember when I used to do that all the time, it was like, I was always working like any spare little chunk of time that I had, it was like, Oh, I'm just going to open up my computer real quick. Um, and it felt like I was a slave to my business. And that, you know, that for me was like, I, I don't want to run my business this way. This is not why I started this business either. Um, and, you know, I think like for me, it was, you know, a huge motivation um, was to be home with my daughter more, to be present with her. And I was like, I'm not being present with my daughter if I'm opening up my laptop every chance that I can get. Um And so another thing that you are amazing about is looking at how you can create a business that runs in the background for you so that you can kind of automate some of that lead generation, some of that nurturing process. Um, So tell us a little bit about that, because this is one of the things that I absolutely love about what you do. Yeah. So part of the whole making your business fit into your life thing instead of making your life fit into your business. Oh, nope. Yeah. Making your business fit into your life. Yeah, (laughs) Which one is it? (laughs) Making your business fit into your life is having smart systems. So as far as I'm concerned, a smart system is something that generates leads. So connects with ideal clients who need your services and then sells to those people in a heart centered way. You don't want to be that spammy person, that spammy sleazy salesperson. Nobody wants that. So what that allows you to do is when you have the system set up, it allows you to work your business from a place of a CEO instead of an employee. So you're doing the things that only you can do in your business, which is working with your clients, getting on podcast interviews, coaching your clients, um, you know, doing all those visible things that we as the heads of our businesses need to do. So, you know, the smart, the system is, it needs to be automated. It needs to be habit-based. So like you don't open a cart for someone who doesn't identify they have the pain point that you're going to solve. Um, and it, it's, it's constantly running in the background and it eventually becomes a numbers game. Once it gets up and running and you know what works, you can predict, okay, if I put a hundred people through this system, three people are going to buy. Mm-hmm. And you know that. So it becomes really, really predictable and really easily scaled, which is like the magic, the magic sauce there. Um, you have to know those numbers in order to scale your business in a smart way. Um, and then when it becomes scalable in a smart way, it, it becomes just a numbers game. So, you know, for every 200 go through the system, six people buy and you keep building it upon that. And it makes it really clear and easy in order to understand how to scale your business. It becomes very clear and apparent. Yeah. I love that you said, like you emphasized in a heart centered way too, because I know that that was an objection or a, like a thing that I was resisting for a little while was like feeling like it was going to be, um, you know, less 
personal or, you know, like I wanted it to feel like me. And so I was like, well, I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but I also want to automate. And it it just feels like it's going to take away from that heart centered approach that I really want to have in my business. Um, so I love that you emphasize that because, um, obviously now I know that that is very much doable, right? It's just all about how you approach it. Um, so when we're talking about like having this system, um, because this is something that I definitely did not take, um, like my email list seriously for a very long time, right? Like I think these are the kind of things that we hear about. Um, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, (laughs) but in all seriousness, when do you think, um, is a good time for, um, you know, women listening to really start like setting up a system like this? immediately. <laughs> I think you should get some clients in the door first. And then once yeah. you have those clients, you got to get some, some money going first. Um, but after you have that cash flow, I think it's time to set it up because you don't want to set your business up in a way that depends on you actively working it every single day. And what the automation can do is it replaces you in your business. So Let's say, for example, you talk with 15 people every month about your service. That's great. That's a good number. What if you could, through an automated system, talk to 150 people a day or in a month? That would be a big difference. And those systems can do that for you. That would create a lot different results for you, probably, and make your business a lot more scalable. So I think from I think from the the very early stages, we should be setting this up. And it's actually my biggest regret is I didn't lean on systems and email marketing for a really, like I would argue like two, three years in my business. It was just crossing my fingers and hoping that someone would see my social media post. And that's not a sustainable way to build your business. Um, So it was a matter of like taking that high, that higher touch that we have when we first start our businesses with the posting on Instagram and doing the Facebook lives and just converting that into an automated system and having those components still there, but doing it in a way that is, again, is scalable. You said that you didn't really do this until like two, three years into business. And I mean, by the time this episode airs, I will be three years into business. And it wasn't until, you know, this year now, 2020. Um, so like two years into business for me that I was like, okay, I have this podcast. I'm going to at least email my list once a week. Right. Like, and then I started taking the baby steps of like setting up these systems and sequences and stuff that are habit-based. Um, it was definitely something that once I did it, I was like, why did I not do this sooner? Because I was just, you know, butting heads with that feeling of like, again, going back to the first tip that you gave, um, where you get to that point where it's like, something's got to give here. Like I can't keep, you know, reaching more people unless I somehow automate this or outsource this. Right. Um, which leads us to your next, your next point here about outsourcing. Um, tell us about outsourcing. What do you have to say about that for getting started or overcoming resistance to doing that? I would try to outsource from day one, looking back on my business. And I am so ridiculously stubborn when it comes to outsourcing. I'm probably a really bad outsourcer. Um, so I, I relate. So if anyone's feeling tons of resistance around outsourcing and think I can't, I can't 
give off a portion of my business. It's like my baby. You know, we always have those like, oh my gosh, it's not gonna, nobody's going to be able to do it as well as I can. And it's number one, not true. There's someone out there who can actually run parts of your business a lot better than how you are, whether you realize it or not. But outsourcing, you know, it's, it's, it's really important. You look at the, you know, you look at the businesses who have seven figures. They have team members. Nobody is a solopreneur that is hitting those big numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So outsourcing is hard. Just own it. Just understand that it's hard. But it's really the key to again stepping into that role of a CEO. And it can just like at first, it doesn't have to be this big thing. Like, what if you just had someone schedule your social posts mm-hmm. and they worked like two hours a week and you paid them $15 an hour. So that's $30 a week. That is, that's a good start or like managing your inbox. I think email is like, I strongly dislike managing my inbox. So what if you could have somebody who does that part of your business that you don't like for you, or if you want to go like bigger projects, let's say, you know, like you have, you have an email funnel set up and you're like, all right, I know it works. It converts at like five to 10%. So I know that if I get a hundred people through again, like five people will buy. It's now time to spend some Facebook ads on that. Like it is time to like, if you get those results, like let's maximize that, that funnel. So Mm -hmm. hire a Facebook ads person. It's hard and it's scary. And yes, you have to pay a fee on top of Facebook ads. I get it. I understand it. But if you can make that money back plus some, that's email list growth that you're not having to touch. Mm-hmm. And that's really important for the growth of your business. I recently outsourced Facebook ads and it's been a game changer for me. It's so much less stressful. I feel like this portion of lead generation is like no longer my responsibility. Like it's totally that person's responsibility, which feels awesome for me. Um, and yeah, it was a hard decision, but at the end of the day, if it's going to be the thing that produces results, once you have a proven system, why wouldn't you outsource it? So sometimes it's just a matter of like getting out of your own way. And sometimes it's a matter of figuring out and working through like, what's the thing I hate doing in my business or what's the thing that sucks up a lot of my time, even though I'm probably pretty good at it and, and kind of like working through what that could look like for you. And then it's just a matter of kind of like adding on the layers of that. Like I think about it like a lasagna. So you have your two layers, maybe you add a third one, maybe you add a fourth one Uh, and doing it in a way that number one produces results for you. And number two buys back your time. Right. Right. Exactly. And that's, that's the thing that all comes down to is buying back your time. Um, Because, you know, thinking about, and this is something that as you're saying this, I'm, I'm like thinking of the things that I'm like, man, I really need outsource that. (laughs) Um, because you could think about too, like to help you get over the resistance, because this is something that I've really been focusing on as I'm planning to outsource more stuff yeah. is um, thinking about like what's something that I've been wanting to do that I would now have an extra two, three hours a week to do. Right. Um, because like you said, it like, it's like that, that lasagna example is such a great example because it just, it builds on each other. And it's all about just like, you know, the more that you get these little things in place, it just, um, it really is like building the solid foundation of your business is what it literally is. And you do feel it, right? Like the things like, um, you know, thinking back to my business, like when I finally, um, 
you know, when I got my podcast up and running and then I got my email list, you know, so that people were downloading my freebie. And then that, like I had the nurture sequence, like it's all these little pieces. Like, yes, they take time to set up, even creating your freebie, things like that. When you're really just like starting, um, starting from scratch and building your system, but it just feels so good to have that solid system in place um, and know that you're building on something that is really solid because like you said, then it allows you to kind of open up your time um, and add more things in there and try new things, right? Um, yeah, and I think sometimes when out with, when we're talking about outsourcing, you know, we have to think about it from different angles and something that I've gotten really, uh, I was, I was kind of shocked when I read this. So I read a time, uh, I think it was a New York times article and it said that because of, you know, virtual schooling and kids coming home due to COVID-19, I believe the number was like the women in the workplace has reduced by 30%. So there's families that, you know, that income is now gone because someone had to come home to be home for the kids and maybe their, their jobs don't allow for work at home. So by outsourcing, you're also like creating jobs for people, right. which is a pretty massive thing if you think about it. And I kind of view us as entrepreneurs, our, one of our roles, yes, of course, is to help our clients. It's to help our families. But what if our businesses could become these, these tools to help other people, you know, create right. income for their families and to create a job for somebody like that's massive if you think about it. So also I think, uh, I think a lot of times we need to kind of approach it from that point of view. Like we literally have the ability to create a job for somebody else. So if you can, why wouldn't you, you know, that's just good karma. as far right. as I'm Totally. No, totally. And I love that you brought up that point because that is such a great point. And it's like, um, it makes me think of like some meme or whatever that kind of floats around during the holidays, but just thinking about like when you're supporting small businesses, uh, small business owners, entrepreneurs, like every time they make a sale, instead of going to some, you know, big store or big company, like they do a little happy dance. Like they're really excited that they got a new client and it's like, you get to do that for someone else. Like just think of how excited you are when you sign on a new client, like you get to do that for someone else and free up your time, right? And have time to do that um, that idea that's really been tugging on your heart and finally sit down and create that course or whatever it is. Um, so I'm so glad you brought up that point because that is a huge piece of it too, um, you know, to help you push through the resistance if you're feeling that. It's like you're, you're, it's almost like giving back in a way when you think about it from that standpoint. Agreed. Totally agreed. I think it's, I think it's something that a lot of us forget about. Um, and I think as this, you know, economy rolls on and things change, it's yeah. just something, to, it's something to keep in mind. It's, it's just really important. Yeah, totally. So I would love to actually kind of circle back to what, um, you were talking before, kind of in terms of essentially getting out of the weeds of social media. Um, mm -hmm. you had talked about like, you know, when you have a system, you are, not just um, focused on, you know, who's seeing your Instagram or your Facebook posts, um, because that is definitely, um, it's a strategy that works, right? And I think, you know, also going back to what we were talking about before, just like discerning what works for you, um, you know, because of course, I'm not saying this to knock 
um, social media strategy at all, because that's, that's very important, but it's all about like, you know, if you're really feeling tugged, um, to get away from social media, spend less time on social media. You really don't want to do that strategy of, um, you know, connecting in Facebook groups and giving value in other groups, right? Like it just, it feels like you want to do something else. Um, I think that's, that's something to really follow that nudge. Like we've been talking about and really, um, really honor that because, um, you know, there are so many strategies out there and, I think a trap that a lot of entrepreneurs, and I'm sure you've seen this too, especially with what you do specifically is like, we're looking for like the strategy, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the one that's just going to be like the magic bullet. And, um, there's a lot of strategies that work. Right. And it's like, we don't want to hear that. <laughs> like we want to be like, but tell me what to do. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to like figuring out the strategy, I think you got to try it all and see what happens. Honestly, I think that like, there's no way to figure out if it works for you until you try it. But also as you're trying it, if it just feels training or if it feels like, oh my gosh, I have to go back into Instagram. Or, oh my gosh, I have to post on social media four times a week. I have to do it. And, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. Or all of that. If, if that's like how you're feeling, either it doesn't, it's not your thing or you need to make it work for you. So if you're like struggling with posting four times a week, what if you were to post two times a week mm -hmm. and the rest of the time you just focus on engagement and building an audience and showing up in people's DMs and giving them encouragement, like would that feel better for you? Um, I think a lot of times we get caught up in this, these quick fixes and Yes, like this coach who you're learning from, they might have really good ideas. And yeah, obviously they're teaching it. It's worked at some point in their life or in their clients' lives, but it may not be the best thing for you. So it's also a matter of like being able to screen that and having those like, if the pings come up, like, oh, this doesn't feel good or I really hate this, uh, doing something about it because you don't want to be running your business with that sort of feeling that's that's not good right exactly because there is like we can definitely um like I feel like sometimes it's the um the case of needing to change our perspective right like mm -hmm. in, and flipping the script in terms of like I have to do this to like I get to do this right yeah I um, mean sometimes we just get stuck in like a funky mindset where we're like oh just everything feels heavy and it's like no like I get to do this and show up in my business every day right and like shifting our perspective um, but other times it truly is what you're saying. Like, it's just, this needs to be tweaked or I need to, um, change up what I'm doing because it just, it does feel heavy. Right. And it should feel fun. Um, and oftentimes when I am in that place in my business, um, like I'm thinking of right now, the example that's popping into my head is as I was shifting, um, or feeling like I needed to make the shift really from, um, being a service provider to a coach and going from brand design to like personal brand coaching. Um, I just kept having this gut feeling. And this was literally like what was going through my mind of like, I wish I could just coach. Like that just sounds so freeing right now, like just to coach. Right. And, um, there's definitely been, uh, times in my business too, with my like lead generation strategy, where I felt that same nudge where like, man, I wish I could just focus on my podcast. Right. And like pour all my energy there. And it's like, 
well, I can, right? And that's what I do now. Like this, this, I do use my podcast as um, my, my funnel. And it's just like, you know, letting yourself, like trusting that, that gut feeling that you have that you're like, man, I really wish I could just do this. Like that just would just be so much fun if I could just let go of this thing over here. Um, yeah, it's just, it all comes back to, it's really like flexing that muscle of, uh-huh. you know, becoming a CEO and not, yeah. um, not worrying so much about, um, letting other people down. Cause I feel like that comes up too, right? Like, yes. especially if it's a trusted coach and you're like, but I want to listen to what you have to say or, um, yeah, I just, I, I know at least that definitely comes into play for me is like, you know, I don't want to let other people down, um, and somehow not, not follow the strategies. But, um, like I said before, like there's so many strategies, like what there's so many, right. <laughs> <laughs> but also like, you know, if you're being taught this strategy and you're like, no, I don't want to do that. It doesn't mean you're never going to do it. You can do it in three months or six months or a year, you know, like, let's say you're learning a strategy about Facebook ads and you're like, dude, I am not there that's okay. You might be there in six months. So sometimes it's a matter of just, it's not the right time. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes it's a matter of it's not the right, it's not the right strategy for me and that's okay. It's okay. Um, like an example for my business is like right now, my Facebook group feels weird. It just feels odd and Mm -hmm. I don't know what to do with it. And Mm -hmm. I kind of grew a big portion of my business based on marketing inside of Facebook groups. I had a course for a while about growing a Facebook group that's profitable and growing. And while my group is growing, it feels weird right now. It's just kind of in a strange space. So, you know, I'm kind of grappling with like, I touted myself as this like Facebook group expert, but I also never anticipated the amount of growth that my Facebook group would see. Like right now we have 5,000 people in it and it's like growing every single week. And it's just a different, like when it was a thousand people, it was very different than when it was 5,000 people. Yeah. So it's also understanding that a strategy that worked for you at this level, you know, maybe you four months ago may no longer work for you right now and it's okay. And it's going to feel a little weird, but like, like just honoring that I think is also really important sometimes and being like, yeah, this feels weird right now. And I really don't know why I'm not going to like make a big move and like, shut something down or massively drop something. I'm just going to let it sit and maybe something will come to me eventually and things will start to feel different. Um, and also it might require you to, again, approach it differently. So instead of, Oh, my Facebook group, maybe it's, ah, sweet. I get to go talk to 5,000 people today. Great. That's really cool. I'm really blessed to be able to do that. You know, it might be that too. So it's also like an understanding that different phases of business require different things from you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like you said, I love that you said honoring that um, because it's like our business, you know, is going to grow and evolve as we do. And that means that our marketing, our lead generation, all of that will also evolve. Um, And then it's also just the reality too of like these platforms change. And so it's like, these, you know, the Facebook group strategy that we know and love and that got us to, you know, like your example that got you to a certain point in your business. It's like, 
um, or Instagram or any platform, they change. And then like that strategy might not work the same way. Um, and it's definitely, I mean, marketing is not my expertise, but I know I was, I was listening to a couple trainings lately that really got me thinking because it was talking about exactly that. It's, it is the reality of like, you know, factoring in all these things, um, in terms of, you know, just adapting with the changes in your business, in the platforms. Um, and I love what you said about like, we have the freedom to change. We have the freedom to hear about a strategy and know that, okay, that, that, um, might work for me down the road. It's just not the right time right now. So, so many, so many good things to consider. Um, and I so, so appreciate your time for doing this. Um, I would love if you could share where listeners can connect with you if they want to learn more about you. Sure. So head over to your podcast app and pull up the six figure mompreneur podcast. That's where you can find my podcast. Um, and where we just did, we just recorded episode 200, which is kind of crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. It's crazy. I love that. And then you have a masterclass too. Tell us I about that. Do. I do. Yes. It's called the sell every day, even when you're not working masterclass. And so what I do is I walk you through the system that Natalie and I have been chatting about. It's a five step system designed to help you set up a email funnel that is designed to sell something to your audience every single gosh darn day on automate for you. Yes. And it's wonderful. So I totally encourage you guys to go check it out. Um, thank well, thank you again, Allison. I totally love talking with you. This is great. Thank you for having me, Natalie. Thank you so much for listening. If you've loved this episode, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. It means the world to me, but more importantly, it helps more women find and benefit from this show. And if you're not already plugged into the Presence and Purpose Facebook group, come join us. I want you to get plugged into the community and get the support you need because we're not meant to do this whole business thing alone. Until next time.